Welcome back to Health in Motion. We are your hosts. I'm Evie. And I'm Alexis. And for our breath work today, before we get into episode three on PCOS, is going to be alternate nostril breathing. So what we're going to start with, um, so you can make your hand into that kind of like hang loose sign and take your thumb and cover your right nostril. And you're going to inhale through your left nostril. Go ahead and switch. So you're going to cover the left and exhale out of the right nostril. Take an inhale through your right nostril. Switch and exhale through the left nostril. Inhale through the left nostril. Switch and exhale through the right nostril. And one more time, inhale through the right nostril, switch and exhale through the left nostril. All right. Thanks, Alexis. That's my, uh, I think that might be my top favorite actually when it comes to uh, breathing. So love that one. Love that you can do it anywhere and hopefully it is helpful for you as well. Today's episode is about some of the drivers of polycystic ovarian syndrome. This episode will make a lot more sense if you've actually listened to the previous two episodes that we've recorded for PCOS, so be sure to go back and listen to Introduction to PCOS and Insulin Resistance and PCOS before listening to this one. As a reminder, the topics in this episode are not to be taken as medical advice, and you should seek out care from your healthcare team for specific case questions. A quick recap of what polycystic ovarian syndrome is. PCOS is a group of symptoms related to anovulation, so that is a lack of ovulation, and a high level of androgens, which are those male sex hormones. PCOS is commonly known for causing irregular periods, excessive facial and body hair, acne, hair loss, weight gain, and infertility. PCOS can also be associated with risk of diabetes and heart disease, which is why this is such a big thing that we want to talk about because it's more than just a period problem. How do you know if you have PCOS? Well, we talk about that in detail in our first PCOS episode, but you want to look at these three factors. Do you have ovarian dysfunction and or polycystic ovaries? Do you have clinical and or biochemical hyperandrogenism, which means you have high levels of androgens? And can you exclude any other condition that would cause you to have high androgens? We mentioned this in the previous episodes, but diagnosing PCOS by ultrasound alone doesn't give you the full picture But once you do confirm you have PCOS, given the criteria that we mentioned, then you have to figure out what's driving it. So as a reminder, there are four drivers of PCOS. We have insulin resistance PCOS, post-pill PCOS, inflammatory PCOS, and adrenal PCOS. We discussed insulin resistance in detail in in the previous episode, so make sure to go back and listen to that one as that is the biggest driver and most common cause of PCOS because in this episode, we're covering the last three drivers. So we'll start with post-pill PCOS, and that is when you come off of hormonal birth control, that can cause you to get or worsen any insulin resistance that you might have had. So hormonal birth control suppresses ovulation, and it causes temporary surge in androgens. Basically, you can temporarily put yourself in a PCOS state once you get off of the pill, because of the way that the pill reacts to the body. So good news is that it's very temporary. It's not something that will last very long. And it's something that kind of goes away on its own if you're already supporting your body by getting off the pill. 
So in order to know if you even have post-pill PCOS, you have to meet all the criteria for PCOS, plus do not have insulin resistance, as well as that, as well as the fact that you were fine before starting the pill. So you're going to want to make sure that you didn't have PCOS before you got on the pill, you don't have insulin resistance, and if you're just having some of these symptoms come up, that could simply be your body transitioning from the pill. Other things you can look at are at your LH to FSH ratios. Those are hormones that women typically get tested, and you can have your doctor test those. Um, If you have a higher amount of LH compared to FSH, that could be a good indication of a post-pill PCOS. And does this only happen post-pill or post any hormonal birth control? This could happen. That's a great question. This could happen post any hormonal birth control. Okay. Um, if you were on any sort of birth control that was providing synthetic hormones into the body, that's, this is a situation where you can experience this. Yeah, that's a great question. So if you do have post-pill PCOS, it's important to know that there are no conventional treatments for this other than getting back on birth control, which, again, we know that that's probably not the best thing for you. Um, So again, there are a lot of lifestyle and diet factors for this type of PCOS. So let's go ahead and dive into some of that. The biggest piece of advice I have for having post-pill PCOS is just give it time. Your body knows what to do and it just needs some love and support while working through that transition. I mean, you you were getting pumped full of synthetic hormones. And so now your body just needs some time to transition to getting back to its own rhythm. So once you've got that self-love going on, take a look at your nutrition. Be mindful of the quality and quantity of your food. This means that you eat primarily whole foods, right? Foods that are grown in the earth, natural foods, and that you're eating enough. So enough can mean different things to different people. So again, it's really important to have some someone guiding you through this if you're not sure of how much enough is for you because we are so bio-individual. We all have different requirements for, for food, so enough to me might not be enough for you. So just make sure that you, if you do feel lost in this area, make sure to reach out to someone who can help you with that. In addition to diet, we can also look at supplements to support you during this time. We mentioned this in the previous two PCOS episodes, but supplements will only work as well as you do. This is not meant to be something that you take a supplement and you just sit on the couch and think it's magically going to heal you. That's not the way these things work. We know that we have a, we have a lot better chance of having better health outcomes if we actually do the work with our lifestyle and diet, and then we can look at supplements as supplemental to our health. So a big one for post-pill is zinc. Zinc is great because it's a mineral that helps suppress androgens and it supports your immune function. So most people who are even on birth control, zinc could be very beneficial to you anyways, just because your body is Uh, not able to get a lot of zinc from the pill. So be sure to check into that if that is appropriate for you. Another great one is licorice. I mentioned this in the previous episode. Licorice can also be a fantastic support because it can help normalize your pituitary hormones and promote healthy ovulation. And my favorite way of getting like licorice in is through licorice root tea. So it's it could be an acquired taste for some, I understand that, but I do think that it's a really nice, easy way to get in some licorice without having to get supplements because sometimes those supplements can be really concentrated and be too much for somebody. Um, there's complications with blood pressure issues. Um, sometimes they can also produce higher levels of a different hormone. So you do want to be careful with licorice. But again, licorice root tea is typically something that's going to be safe for most people. The good news about 
post-pill PCOS is that it typically doesn't take as long to resolve as the other types of PCOS. So again, don't give up hope. Continue to focus on supporting your body and knowing that your body knows what to do. It just might need a little extra love during that transition. So the third driver of PCOS is inflammatory PCOS. If you don't have insulin resistance or post-pill PCOS, then you could get you could be having PCOS symptoms because of inflammation. The reason for this is because inflammation disrupts hormone receptors and it suppresses your ovulation. So it can also stimulate both your adrenal glands and your ovaries to make more androgens. So again, this is doing the things that you don't want to happen, um, all from inflammation. And you know, inflammation can come from a lot of different places. Uh, it can come from your environment, your diet, your stress, different chemicals. So with so many sources of inflammation, it's sometimes impossible to detect the exact source. And I argue that sometimes we don't even really know need to know where the exact source is. I mean, we could drive ourselves crazy trying to turn over every single stone. But if you can, if you see that you have high levels of inflammation or you're experiencing that, it's more about, okay, where can we maybe reduce that exposure um, while also working on, you know, feeling better. So if you, to know if you have, to know if you have inflammatory PCOS, you have to rule out the other drivers of PCOS and also have signs of inflammation. So the signs of inflammation could be digestive problems. You could have fatigue, headaches, joint pain, and or skin conditions. I mean, there's so many different ways that people experience this. You could also get tested, right? I mean, you could look for environmental toxins. You could look at mycotoxins. You could look at, um, you know, organic acids. There's so many things to look at, but in general, I think most people know like, okay, I feel inflamed. I think we mm -hmm. all kind of walk around at some point where we're like, man, I'm feeling fluffy or I'm having a headache or my joints really hurt. So you're, you, you know your body best. You're going to know whether you're experiencing that or not. To take care of inflammatory PCOS with diet and lifestyle, you want to primarily look at your diet. Again, it comes down to that. So where in your diet can you reduce inflammation? Perhaps you need to avoid eating dairy, wheat, sugar, or any other common food sensitivity. I mean, a big one is eggs. There's a lot of different things that everyone could be sensitive to. So I don't mean to say this as you need to run and get a food sensitivity test by any means. Um, you certainly can do that. And I can give you suggestions on which ones I suggest. But major common ones are dairy, wheat, sugar, soy, eggs. Those are really big uh, culprits for people. You also want to reduce your exposure to environmental toxins. So again, we did record a podcast episode with our friend Sarah, and that one is toxicity in beauty products. We talk a lot about toxicity in beauty products and how that can be a cause for um, toxic, toxic overload. So you also can look at things like pesticides, mercury, plastics. I mean, there's so many things that we can be exposed to, and it's really just a matter, again, of... Do you even feel like this is a, this is the culprit for you and mm -hmm. looking into that? In terms of supplements for inflammatory PCOS, look at both zinc and magnesium. As you know, as I mentioned, these have great benefits to the immune system, the nervous system, and your hormone production. You could also look at things like probiotics to improve your gut health and reduce inflammation. Because again, if you're having gut issues, that could be a source of inflammation. So maybe taking some probiotics would be helpful. But you know, a tip for probiotics is that you want to make sure you get the ones that have the correct strain for you. There's so many different strains of bacteria in probiotics that sometimes we don't need those or they're not the right type for what's going on with us. So if you work with a health provider who can guide you in that, that would be ideal. 
Another supplement to reduce inflammation is inacetylcysteine, so NAC. Uh, this has made uh, news recently because this is now going to be banned by the FDA. Uh, this is something that you have to get on prescription, which is really unfortunate because uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful supplement. It's been found to restore regular ov ovulation and promote detoxification of environmental toxins. So a lot of great benefits to it. And I would also encourage you to, again, look into this and see if this is the right thing for you because it might contraindicate with some medications or it might not be right for you. So check with your healthcare provider and see if these things are appropriate for you. And the final supplement that I would recommend you get curious on is melatonin. So this might be right for you. It's a sleep hormone that we all make and need, um, but it can also restore ovulation along with reducing oxidative stress. So when it comes to PCOS, knowing that you're not ovulating or you're not ovulating regularly, melatonin can assist in that. So the final driver of PCOS that I want to talk about is adrenal PCOS. So again, to know if you have this, you have to rule out the other three drivers. So you have to rule out insulin resistance. You have to rule out post pill. You have to rule out inflammation. If you, if you meet all the criteria for PCOS and you've ruled out all those other three, then your PCOS could be due to your adrenals. So more specifically, if you have normal levels of testosterone and androstenedione, but elevated adrenal androgens, which is DHEAS, you might actually have adrenal PCOS. Now, I know this can be really confusing to listen to and um, kind of like, I don't even know what those are, but I'm sure that you can look through, you know, some previous blood work, see if this is something you've ever had, or you at least now know some other things you can look into and talk to your doctor about. So the biggest thing with adrenal PCOS is that instead of having all of your androgens elevated, you would only have elevated DHEAS. And again, this is really clear when you get this tested. And my best suggestion for this is to do the Dutch test. Uh, I've mentioned that in the in this series, the Dutch test stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. It's an at-home urine test, so very non-invasive. Um, you do it on your own time. You do it at a certain time in your cycle. And this will clearly show you what your DHAS levels are. So that's really helpful. If you do have adrenal PCOS, I suggest you check with your doctor to rule out other reasons for why your DHEAS might be high. Um, adrenal PCOS is driven by an abnormal stress response system. So what that means is, of course, we want to look at diet and lifestyle, but you also want to reduce your stress. Now, we've talked about stress on the podcast before, and there's three types of stress that I like to talk about with my clients. There's mental and emotional, which that's more of our perceived stress. So how are we perceiving the things that are happening to us? There's physical stress, which is a physical trauma to the body. And Alexis does a great job of explaining that and talking about how to deal with that. And then there's chemical biochemical stress. So that could be dust, that could be gut dysfunction, mold toxicity, mycotoxins, hormonal imbalance, right? Those are things that we look and we do deeper tests on. So the biggest thing is make sure you double down on that stress-reducing activity and you want to seek out support in this area if you need it. Explore other ways to basically find more joy in your life and just have more rest, right? We talk about this. A lot of our health challenges have to do with this, of making sure that we're giving ourselves time to rest and find joy and improve our health. So you could do something like, you know, find a new routine that you want to implement, maybe you can um, find a new activity you do with a friend or maybe have some new, um, you know, new nighttime skincare routine that you really enjoy. There's so many ways to 
incorporate stress relieving activities and it's really individual to you, but we encourage you to find what that would be. When it comes to supplements with adrenal PCOS, there's a few that could be beneficial. So again, you wanna check with your healthcare provider, but we will name a few. Uh, B vitamins could be appropriate for you because B vitamins boost levels of the neurotransmitters serotonin and GABA. So those are really, really important for a lot of things in the body, but when it comes to stress response, that can be very beneficial. You could also look into, again, licorice, as it can reduce the production of androgens um, or reduce the production of adrenal androgen DHEAS. Other general supplements to look into are adaptogens. So I've talked a lot about adaptogens on my social media. I love them. They are plants that help you adapt to stress. So that's where adaptogens come from. It's an easy thing to remember. Examples of these are rhodiola, ashwagandha, ginseng, cordyceps, lion's mane, turkey tail. I mean, there's so many more, but those are pretty common ones that you see in different adaptogenic blends. Um, there's a lot of great companies that are also coming out with different teas of adaptogens. So highly recommend looking into that um, if that's something that would be appropriate for you. So there you go. We talked about so many things in this series. Uh, so far, we've talked about what the four drivers of PCOS are. We've talked about ways you can combat them with lifestyle and diet. We've talked about supplementation, medication, questions to ask your provider. So we hope this was helpful for you to shed some light on the myths around PCOS because there are quite a few. We have received some questions about PCOS. So in our next episode in this series, we're going to answer some of those. So it'll be more of a Q&A style. So if you do have any more questions about this or maybe some new ones came up after listening to this, please, please send them to us. We'd love to make sure to cover those in the upcoming episode. And thanks again for sharing these episodes. Your support means so much to us. Uh, be sure to follow us. I'm at Holistically Restored. And I'm at Absolute Kinetics PT. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. 